0: Welcome to A Learner's Journey. My name is Molly Sanders, and the goal of this podcast is to inspire and motivate you by connecting you with a variety of passionate horsewomen and men who have dedicated their lives to helping horses and their people. I'm grateful you're here. Well, this episode has been a long time coming. The conversation that you're gonna hear today was recorded back in October of last year, um, and then soon after that, I put the podcast on pause, as many of you know, um, for family um, health reasons. So I'm back, the podcast is back, and I'm excited to share this conversation with you. You're gonna hear from a special man named Rodolfo Lara from Vaquero Horsemanship Through Classical Riding. I met Rodolfo virtually uh, through Lalan Romy. She contacted me after she'd taken a clinic with him and was like, you've got to talk to this guy. He'd be great for the podcast. And she was totally right. So you're going to get to hear a really different perspective on horses um, and some things that I think will resonate with you and you'll be able to take into your journey and put into effect today. So. Thank you for being here, and let's get to the conversation. One of the questions I love to start with is about how you got involved with horses. So how did how did it all start?
1: How did it all
2: start? It was very uh, unconsciously after I got out of the military. I've always had a love for horses since childhood, but I really got a... Uh, when I was in the military, I wanted to come back home or go back home and uh, have myself a horse so I could go out and ride and and unconsciously, subconsciously, I was uh, trying to unwind all the, the military um, experiences, negative ones. Um, so that was my main uh, thing. Actually, before the horses, I wanted to be a bull rider, bronc rider because the adrenaline factor i was not gonna get that at home and and i i wanted since i was in the military to be a bronc rider bull rider ever since i was a, a little boy and and uh, that was the way that i really got uh, around horses and i've always wanted a horse so it was a mixture of of, of things it was the adrenaline and the freedom freedom you no, know, I wanted I wanted the freedom uh, of 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 many things, but that was my main my main uh, how I got involved with horses.
0: Interesting. Yeah. So you mentioned that you were always interested in horses since you were a kid, but did were you able to be around them before you went into the military, or was that just after?
2: No, I was. Uh, you know, my my family, my father in Mexico, and and my father's family. There were uh, from a place where they had a it was a farming community but they did have some horses and growing up with uh, the 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 culture the music the the movies my great-grandmother you know she they they had a place out in the in the northern mexico and i visited and i got a chance to ride as a a a boy you know out there and and that was that was a, a going back to my
0: childhood from my family that's wonderful so when you were in the military and you knew that you know like you said it was kind of a subconscious thing that you had a feeling that horses were going to give you the freedom and probably the healing that you needed and um did the memories of childhood did those come up or was it just you just knew that you wanted to be around horses? Um,
2: you know they say horses always find you and I think I always felt that I was going to be around horses uh, somehow uh, in my life but um, yes that that was uh, I, I, I don't know I always had the feeling that I was going to be around horses. I didn't know it would never had crossed my mind uh, what I would be doing uh, in at this time in my life, which I love. But I just wanted to be around horses. That's for, great for myself, for my uh, for my joy, for my freedom, for just to be around horses and riding. Right, you know, like any any uh, uh, child that wants to be around horses, that's what I wanted. Right. Yeah.
0: So I'm curious, how did you end up like, so you, you grew up in Mexico and then when you, when you went into the military, was that through, was that in Mexico or was that? Oh, in no, state? ma'am.
2: No, 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 no. Uh, I, I was, uh, you know, I I, grew, I was born in Juarez, Mexico and uh, a border town with uh, El Paso. And I only, I only lived there until I was about seven years old. And my family moved to uh, my, we came to the U.S. At, uh, I was at an early age and we ended up in uh, Santa Ana, California in Garden Grove area. So, I mean, it, it was very hard as a, to go or be around horses. So, but I always wanted to be. And I always, you know, when I was a little boy, I would say, oh, when I grow up, I'm going to have a farm and I'm going to have horses and I'm going to have cattle. And and even though I lived in uh California and in that area it was always inside me it was always part of me
0: that's really cool it always has been yeah that's that's really cool I think the more people that I talk to the more I find that is a common ingredient that it's almost something that we're it's just born into us and uh you know it's like a seed that's planted early and and some people like for you you it didn't it didn't uh come into fruition until later in life but it was always there like you know growing and so that that's really that's really great um so how old were you when you went into the military
2: okay i was um you know we went back to mexico and then back to uh, california so i was um 19 18 19 years old when i when i joined so, I was actually not 18 and I was in a boot camp around 19.
0: Okay. 19 so, so young, yeah. uh, a typical age. Right. But I just, it just. Most, most, most.
2: Yes. Yes. That's yeah. around the average age of, of, of the uh, men and women that joined the military that they're, they're still, you know, we're still kids.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And, and then how long were you, how long were you serving mm-hmm.
2: I served uh, eight years altogether. Wow! Okay, and uh, I joined the the Navy as a Navy corpsman. That's a uh, equivalent to a combat medic. And uh, I, you know, I joined the Navy, and I realized that I, I, I really didn't want to be in the ocean on <laughs> on a ship, and uh-huh. I realized that being a combat uh, corpsman a corpsman I could be uh, attached with the Marines. And uh, as soon as I got out of uh, uh, the corpsman school, the medic school, I went straight into what it's called uh, 8404 uh, Field Combat Medic, uh, FMSS, Field field Medical Service Support. So I, I went ahead and and did that and, and to be ready and able to serve with the Marines. And uh, of course uh, the first uh, desert shield desert storm uh came up during my uh basically when i got out of a uh, uh field uh, combat school and uh i went ahead and uh got called to go to saudi arabia wow it's- wow
0: yeah well i want to say thank you for thank you for your service um and I, I mean, we don't have to go into what happened, but I know that that was not an easy time. And um, and so let's let's jump into like when you got back. It's it's a little bit of well, not even a little bit. It's a lot of culture shock, <laughs> um, right? Coming back into civilian life.
1: It
2: is. That was yes.
0: Yeah, and and how how did how did the horse part of it? How did that come to be? Did you buy one right out of the gates, or how did you? Basically,
2: yes. You know, yeah. I, I, you know, just to share a little bit about the experience, I was telling my friends here in uh, Reno, as I was driving back in California, that it took me an hour, an hour and a half to come down from uh, the the plane down to uh, where my family was waiting because I was just uh, um, i didn't want to come down and meet them. i wanted to be home but I, I you know i was it was difficult so um i probably bought my first um it was a mayor by the name of seven you know she was a, a sorrel mayor beautiful beautiful i owe everything to that mayor
1: uh-huh.
2: and uh i must uh third month uh, between the first and uh, between the first three months i already had my first horse coming back wow yeah very unconsciously uh, you know sub subcon- i i had a she taught me so much
0: right and what yeah. what was that like did you did you get support right out of the gates or were you just you know trying experimenting on your own Oh,
2: I, well, no, no, no help. Everything, <laughs> poor, poor little seven, um, bless her. <laughs> um, it was a lot of uh, basically my dad, you know, my father would, would help me and, uh, but everything, it was just her and I, bless her heart. You know, she, she tolerated so much with me, but she gave me so much.
0: Is there anything that stands out with seven that like that she, that she taught you or that she helped you with?
2: Well, first of all, I didn't know this. I I came to realize how much she was helping me, but, uh, just, uh, brushing her Mm -hmm. grooming her. It, it, uh, grounded me. It helped me ground myself. And, and, uh, everything else didn't matter right you know it didn't matter what my thought before i went out and 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 halted her up and and uh as soon as i touched her it was healing and i didn't know that yeah but she was grounding me and and um uh, you know uh, a person uh, asked me what I thought about a horse, I go well. They they've been my medicine. They've been my therapy.
1: Yeah. And
2: all I've, um, all you have to do is just put your hand, or be around the horse, or if you put your hands on one and just put them there, it's healing. That's that's what it's been to me. Yeah. You know they they every time that I'm uh, around the horse, every time that I'm uh, helping a student. Uh, they're helping me. Right. Okay. The horses and the students.
0: Right. Yeah. That's, that's beautiful. That's a, that's a wonderful thing. Um, So I was, I've been reading um, Dr. Susan Fay's book um, and I can't think of the name of it right now. Um, I just got it. And she talks about uh, that our our hearts and our brains both, you know, give out energy and that horses, because of their herd nature are just, they're amazing at matching that energy and that we can also match theirs. So if you have a horse that is really calm, like maybe seven was, um, that if we're around them, we can pick up on that energy and they can help us calm down. And then vice versa, if you have a horse that's really anxious um, and we're really calm, it can help them to calm down because we we match energy. Does that sound about yeah. like what was happening? Yes, for you? ma'am. Yes, yeah.
2: ma'am. And, uh, you know, I, I can talk about this now, but knowing that I I have a PTSD, I didn't know this at that time. Right. And I didn't find out till almost the uh, Fifteen years after I got out of the military, wow, that I had PTSD and and, right. and a pretty pretty bad one. You know, I mean, it doesn't matter. P- PTSD is uh, you have it or or you know you have it, right? And uh, but the degree of 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 how they help you ground yourself and 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 put you in the moment is uh, takes you takes you away from all those other memories hmm. And uh, they're all the, uh, every memory is going to stay with us. But, um, you know, at that moment, um, you know, they help you understand yourself a little bit more if we allow them to. Right. If we allow ourselves and we open ourselves and we open our heart uh, to that. Yeah. If not, it doesn't work. But, right. you know, you're right. If 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 somebody in there, they might think that. uh we're very tough and we walk into, and and we have a, at that moment, if I walked in and I saw a, a intimidating horse, so you know what, I, it would help me ground myself. And it would say, well, you know, you better think about what your next move is gonna be, or, you know, something might happen. So right. even at that moment, uh, they help us ground ourselves
0: right because we have to be present we can't be thinking about other things if we've got a you know a horse in our midst that is uh really worked up or is that is that about what you're thinking horses live
2: the moment horses live the now right horses live about uh, and i don't i don't think i have to go too much into this but horses don't think about five steps from now they think about the step that's about to happen right and about the moment and, and that's how they help
0: us right yeah that's really cool so how did you get from seven to where you are now when when did it start to become something that you wanted to do professionally
2: okay when I started getting hurt a lot ah. <laughs> when I started unconsciously uh I was, you know, at the same time, you know, I was feeling things that felt really good, mm-hmm. but everything, just like you and I are here right now, um, we have to open our eyes and 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 allow that to happen, and uh, just like horses find us, uh, you know, there's people that come into our lives. That we have to, uh, that, that we have to keep our eyes and our mind open to see how we can uh, learn from them and and uh, grow from them. And uh, I got into, I was, you know, I liked riding horses, and I I started off like I said, bronc uh, bull riding first. I wasn't very good at it, <laughs> so I went on to bronc riding, and I was a little bit better. But uh-huh. you know what? You know, I was I, I didn't I was I started to uh, a little bit older for that type of sport and and again it was I got more joy out of uh, riding a horse and and you know trying to in my mind I I thought it was uh, teaching a horse something little that I know that each horse was teaching me something right and uh, but it felt good. And there was a lady by the name of Carla Clouser, I believe, and uh, she came to me and she asked me if I wanted to start a horse for her, that she needed to get to a certain place to show. Uh And uh, she asked me to, you know, uh, review a program for her because she wanted her developed through that program. And I got invited to from her to trailer her out to uh, Albuquerque, because that's where she was going to test. And and uh, I came upon a, one of one of the people that have been my um, I, I have to say mentors or or that I've uh, been able to learn from them, and uh, you know which is Dennis Reese, I I went ahead and went up and and did his tour talk, tour stop. And things are meant to happen. We just have to have an open mind. Mm-hmm. And I was at that moment, you know, I, she was supposed to get a hotel for me that night, and she didn't. And I ended up staying in the living quarters, and it was snowing. It was cold. Oh no! She had given me tickets to go inside to the to the show or to the to the tour stop, and you know it was thirty two degrees outside. So I I said, well, I'm gonna go inside and see what. <laughs> At least warm up, right? You know, and there were, he was doing his tour stop. Things happen, uh, life and horses go hand in hand, and uh, it's timing and feel. And the timing and the feel have to be there. If 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 we catch things at the right time and it feels good, you know, we go we grow from that, and we want to go there again Mm -hmm. if if we miss the timing we're gonna have to wait for a whole other cycle for that timing to be there for us to uh so it can feel right again so we can uh, grow from there and uh you know i the first time i came around uh what we call now natural horsemanship it was a gentleman, I'm, I'm not going to say names, but I turned on the TV and I had just gotten out of the military. I had my horse 7 but I turned on the t- television and the, the, you know, the thing that I was watching on television, you know, I thought it was, it didn't make sense to me because it wasn't the right time for, and it wasn't the right feel. I wasn't, I was not ready for it. Okay. It's when we're ready for it. It wasn't, I wasn't ready for it. Right. And I switched the channel right i tell myself but well, we can't dwell on this i tell myself what would have happened if i would have kept that and just waited a little bit longer to see what it was about instead of prejudging and that's another beautiful thing horses don't We'll don't, uh, We we might touch up a little bit on this but i prejudged and switched the channel right so i had to wait five six years for that cycle to come back around. And when I went into the arena in Albuquerque, as I'm walking in, this guy was doing a cold starting. You know, Dennis was doing Mm -hmm. a cold starting. And uh, at that moment, it was the right time for me to, I was ready for that part. Right. And I sat down and that caught my attention right away. So I sat down and I started watching him. You know, playing with this horse, you know, working with this horse, a colt. And he was doing the things that I was doing back home. But he was giving me answers to the whys. Ah. Why it felt good. Why? Oh, okay. Without, you know, I was just watching, observing. I did not leave that arena until the end of the weekend. And that changed. That was a changing moment for me. Yeah. At, at that moment, every that was a big, big moment for me. And it changed my way of looking at horsemanship. And it made me want to grow and learn. And every morning I wanted to wake up and learn something new, something new. And from there, uh, you know, that was that was one of the big moments for me.
0: That's wonderful. Um and I love how you talked about the time timing and the feel and the way you gave that example of sitting and having that program on the TV and you weren't ready, you know,, uh, and so you turned the channel. But when you saw Dennis presenting this cult start, it was it was the perfect timing. You were ready. You had enough knowledge. you'd been out there trying things that you you were ready. And... Sure,
2: and it was um. I'll give you another little bit more of uh, of that weekend. Mm-hmm. I oh, as a uh, as a boy, I just got mesmerized when when I saw, you know, there, there was a, a, a an actor singer that I admired so much, and he you know he rode horses and he did some um, uh, advanced moves on his horses, and I love that. And then I also loved watching the trousseau writers. So I'm, I, I just, you know, to me it was something magical. Even as a little boy, you know, mm-hmm. I wanted, I liked that. I liked the the how I saw that they had that partnership, and I, I just enjoyed that. And I, I said I want to do that. And I used to grab my broom, my mom's broom, and my mom would say, "Okay, dance," and I would, you know, as a little four-year-old to uh, you know for, I, I remember this I remember dancing for her with the broom and I would be doing what what I didn't know it was a pee off back then and I would brace <laughs> my legs and I would do that as a little boy
1: yeah
2: you know not a lot of people know that so now, I guess now they will yes but they will as, yeah as a little <laughs> as a little boy I I used to grab my mom's broom and she would say well dad and I would start you know prancing around the kitchen That's doing these, these uh moves. And anyways what was you know magical for me i thought it was magic and it is it is magic it is mag- It it is a more not magic it's it's uh something to me i was just mesmerized when dennis went ahead and did the liberty work throughout that weekend
1: mm-hmm. when i
2: saw him Asked that horse to leg yield. I didn't know what a leg yield was. When I asked, when I saw him do a leg yield at Liberty on the ground, I'm like this, this guy is magical. You know, he's doing some cool stuff out there. When I saw him uh, ground pinning, and then it just blew my mind that he got on the horse and started riding bridleless. Hmm. And I said, I want to learn how to do this. You know, and then. He took it a little bit step further and he started doing more uh, advanced the uh, classical moves on a different horse that he had. And I say, oh, I definitely want to stick around and watch more because I wanted all of that. Yeah, I want all of that now. Right. right. But I realized that day by day that it, that it it wasn't about our time. It's about developing, educating ourselves. Uh, writing, learning, uh, having that uh, relationship. And it was going to be what I realize now that it's going to be a long, a lifetime journey for us to to uh, to barely get to the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. You know, we're probably got, like many have said, we're going to need a couple of lifetimes to uh, reach a little bit of the understanding because every day I realize that you know, there's so much to that horses have to teach us. Yeah, yeah, about yeah. everything.
1: Absolutely about life,
2: about, about uh, understanding us before we can go and and well, it's practice. You know, right. practice, practice, practice. But but they bring balance to me. You know, mm-hmm. they bring balance to my life. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's wonderful. So, did you continue with? Dennis did you go and do more it,
2: for enough? for you know it was uh it happened very quick from a year from that I was already uh an instructor for him
1: wow and I
2: I went ahead and uh taught his uh, through his program mm-hmm. for about a year or two and then I said uh uh you know thank you for everything um uh, and we have to keep going forward. And I started looking for other writers uh, that I could grow from from this uh, found beautiful foundation that I got, because I took the time to under uh, you know understand the uh, the horse and myself. And and from that point, I I started saying I want a little bit more, and I want a little bit more. And right. I'm gonna buy some books. And I think each person, the you know the 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 mate Nate nature is beautiful and, and the universe is beautiful and uh you know we have a rainbow and the rainbow has different colors for us to pick the one that we like the most and the uh, horsemanship is that way there's different colors out there and we're gonna pick the one that we can relate the best to right and they're they're all they're all the same you know they're all go back if you mix them all up uh-huh. we get one color uh-huh. but We relate to an individual one, and that's with clinicians and programs out there. uh, People are going to have affinity to the ones that they can relate to, and and, uh, you know, it's it's that's how I've looked at it. Just keep growing and growing and growing and growing.
0: Yeah, I like that. That's a really that's a neat way of looking at it. So, in your with that rainbow idea, would you consider like your time with Dennis? was one color and then you were drawn to another you wanted like you said you wanted to keep growing you wanted to keep exploring so you found a a different color
2: it it, within the same rainbow within the same rainbow yeah yeah yeah, because that's when we have problems and that's when we can run into uh we confuse ourselves therefore our horse gets confused when we start trying to uh, mix foundations uh, right. of horsemanship, because, you know, you have to follow your foundation. And from there, you can grow. And there's many, many clinicians or 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 uh, that follow the same foundation that we are.
0: Right. And we're
2: just growing from from each one.
0: Right, right. That's really good. I was talking to another um, person that became a mentor of mine, uh, a fellow named Charlie Snell, and uh, he's been around horses his whole life and he's in his 70s now and just a gem of a human and he was saying to me i was interviewing him and he was saying i don't care who it is but stick with somebody and build that foundation first and then go and you know explore and then you can always you're kind of adding on to that foundation but like you said if you're taking a little bit here and a little bit here and a little bit here and you're trying to build a foundation it can be really confusing and rocky and, you know, it's not going to be a stable thing that you can build on. So, yeah, that's, that's really good. So, um, I, this is, it's interesting to be talking to you because I don't know, I don't know a whole lot about you. <clears throat> you know, I'm learning as you're sharing with me, but um, Lalon Romy is who introduced the two of us, you and I, and she reached out to me and just said, oh, you've got to talk to this guy. And she'd just done a clinic with you and, you know, she really enjoyed it. And um, so what, what, what would you, how would you describe what you're, doing now what what kind of horsemanship are you teaching now
2: well you know first and foremost uh, i'm just trying to every clinic that i go out and and present i say this is a uh, communications class every clinic that i share that's how i start my clinics Mm -hmm. this is a communications class we're going to develop a vocabulary that your horse is familiar with. And by understanding your horse and and horses in general, that uh, we're going to build a vocabulary. We're gonna start off by trying to develop on how we hold a pencil before we are able to write a letter, mm-hmm. before we're able to write a word, a sentence, a paragraph, and then we maybe we can write a novel later on,
1: mm-hmm. if we
2: take the time to practice, practice, practice. And uh, to me, it's very important that we develop that part of, of the relationship, the, the clear communications class, right? And The most important part of that communication is being able to listen. To listen to ourselves if we can't with very simple thing one thing that we forget and i've been sharing that trying to share that throughout this uh, uh little uh, you know between california and th- this last month is that uh, we sometimes forget the simplest things in life and uh, what is the first thing that we do when we're born and what's the last thing we do when we before we pass you know, I we, would say we, breathing, breathing,
0: uh-huh.
2: breathing. And we take that so much. We neglect that so much when we're riding.
0: So tell me we, more about
2: that. Ma'am, um, we forget so much about that. In order for us to help our horse out, we have to be aware of where we're at in our breathing. Hmm. Okay. How are we breathing? Um, society, the military, the, they. Erase how we are naturally supposed to breathe with this, you know, through the tummy and through the now, nose, out through the mouth. And when we ride, we forget about that. And we, if we can't control our breathing, our heart rate is going to go up, our emotions are going to go up. But if we're able to feel ourselves breathing and go back to what is one of the fir- the the first thing that we do. You know, I tell my students before you start riding, focus on your breathing. Okay. And then once you focus on your breathing, if it's a little bit fast, see if you can slow it down. Just like people that do yoga, you know, that's the the thing that they do. At that moment, see if you can feel your horse breathing. If not, Mm -hmm. don't worry about it. But be aware of what your horse starts doing after you start focusing on your breathing and most horses i've seen them you know as the rider is walking and focusing on the breathing the horse starts to drop its head and lengthen because we just started focusing on us and before (laughs) we're able to help our horse we have to be able to help ourselves first
0: interesting that's so good that's so good you know going back
2: to lalano my my i have so much respect and and just having met her for uh, um, over that weekend in, in uh Utah, you know, I have so much respect and admiration. And and she's a beautiful, wonderful clinician, just by the ability of uh, you know, going and 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 doing the clinic, uh, that's one thing I do. We have to be able to put ourselves as a student first before we're able to go out and and, and grow from that. And if we can't do that, um you know, we, we, we have to go to, back in my respects and my admiration and, and, uh, you know, to LaLanne, she's a wonderful, beautiful, beautiful writer, beautiful, yeah. you know, her, I, I'm so much admiration.
0: Yeah. That's really, that's really cool. So with, with the breathing, like you said that, um, often the things that we do in our lives, the stress that we are under, we lose connection with how to breathe so and you mentioned like in through the nose out through the mouth so how how do you coach people like is that what you coach people to do in through the nose out through the mouth
2: basically you know i mm-hmm. i you know i've taken uh, some pilates classes because you know as i started having problems uh, from uh, you know the military and and things like that with my back and and uh you know pain uh, i started i wanted help. And I, one of the things that I reached out to was, um, yoga and, and, uh, Pilates and, mm-hmm. and, you know, I, I, I went ahead and, uh, focus on those simple things. And as the rider is going, I mean, there is no reason why we cannot focus on our breathing while we're warming up our horse or walking our horse. Right. And it helps so much, you know, if our, if, if, we can ground us, ourselves at that moment. If our horse starts getting a little bit nervous, you know, our emotions. We have. We're teaching ourselves to, to gather our emotions. One of the things that I say, well, a lot of people want collection. I go, but collection is a uh, very, uh, uh, and we can, you know, that's that's a topic by itself for days and days, and. Uh, what is that? Well, we have to gather. We have to collect our emotions. We have to collect our horse's emotions and 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 things like that. The first thing that we need to is our breathing,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and then we can help our horse out through something. And if we keep ourselves calm, you know, chances are that that we if we do our if we're doing our preparation work, if we're doing our foundation, and if we work on our our breathing on the ground. It's much easier, you know I I do this a lot when I'm doing uh my ground school and and my horse is relaxing because I have relaxed, it just blow out and my horse blows up. And if there's that partnership on the ground, if there's that it's easier for me to transfer it uh, to myself when I'm riding. okay it's about our it, it's about us.
0: Yeah, that's really great because I'm thinking, you know, people that are listening to this or watching it are going to want to try this, you know, once once they're done and they go out with just their breathe. horse. Okay, so there's not you're not saying like there's a there's kind of a way that you need to do it. It's just more about doing it and being aware of your breath and being aware of what happens with your horse.
2: Yes, and and the one thing is that we cannot be breathing so much with our chest. We have to breathe through our belly, because if we start breathing through our chest, we tense up, and our seat tenses up, and we get heavy, and our horse gets heavy on the forehand. Okay. There's moments that we need to build ourselves up, but we need to build ourselves up, and 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 our intention has to be with us relaxed, because our horse needs to follow our 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 lead, and 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 you know have a different intention but relaxed
0: right right that's really good so when you're when you're breathing in breathing in through your uh, nose you're thinking about expanding your belly yes and then when you breathe out through your mouth your uh belly is relaxing and the air is coming out yes okay that's helpful i mean i think i think you're right in that a lot of us lose connection with how we're breathing and then if we start to focus on it relearning that like we kind of need to know because I would I'd probably go out there and just breathe with my chest and go yeah. okay cool I got I got this breathing thing but that there's a there's a even better way to do it
2: that was a very hard for thing for me to on on un, on un, do or uh, or try to relearn because to to you know when I when I used to box box when I used to everything and that we do in life is preparing us to understand our horse better. Um, one of the biggest things that that uh, I'm going to say the PTSD has helped me understand my horses better and help them out through some things because I can pick up on a, a couple of things. But you know, just being able to breathe.
0: Yeah. 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 Really cool. Um, so Lalan wanted me to make sure and ask you about horse in hand and in hand. what, what that is and what you could share with us about that.
2: Well, a uh, very easy way to, uh, I don't know. It, it's, um uh, it's, we can get as deep as we want to. And, uh, I asked my students, what, what does horse in hand, uh, mean to you? That's an old term. No horse in hand that comes from from Europe from the from the Spaniards from uh, back even more. but um, it was used to, and it's used a lot in in Spain and Portugal and and places like this. and uh, if I would ask you uh, what would that mean to you horse in hand?
0: I would think that it's probably what when you're on the ground with a line in your hand, a rope in your hand and trying to communicate with your horse through the through your rope
2: yeah that's a that's a beautiful way of putting it that's one way of, of of describing it but if we um if we take a a marble block and we uh put our hand on it and we roll it around the table um it's not gonna flow very easy, mm-hmm. so we have to go out and 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 start rounding the corners and polishing it up and smoothing it out every you know a little bit at a time. Uh, because if we don't do it with with softness and and and, and smooth it out, and then we try to compress compress compress, it would always have linear. Uh, it will always gonna have angles, and it's never gonna follow our hand. But if we take the time to smooth things out and I've, I create a sphere or I develop a sphere and and I put it on a table and, and I uh, follow it with my hand, I mean, if I roll my hand across it, it it's going to follow my hand. Okay. So now let's take our horses and our horsemanship on ourselves. We're talking about our, ourselves. And we start educating ourselves and we start practicing and we start doing things and understanding our horse. That's when where it all starts. But it, it'll be your horse's feet. You're gonna ask them emotions, the feet, the emotions, the body, the everything. Everything comes into hand. Um, how far we take it and it's my horse's feet i'm gonna ask my horse to place his feet a certain way at a certain time at a degree of of how much i want it so it's 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 a lot of things it's so many things it's emotions it's it's the feet and i was just uh asking the the, i'm sorry i had to move my phone that's okay um so it's being able to place your horse's feet somewhere where you need them, at the time you need them, at the moment you need them, in a way that you need them, and your horse will follow that because you've taken the time to develop yourself in him and you become one with your, you know, the, you become the the centaurs that that we, uh, the mythological, mm-hmm. that, that we become one with our horse. So there's so many things, it's, you know, the groundwork, the riding the horse in hand it it's so much i don't know if i i was able to explain that
0: i think but, uh, so 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 what i'm hearing you say is that the 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 horse in hand is like that granite or marble uh that's been uh smoothed out and it's the sphere so the horse horse in hand is when you have so The block would be where you start when you're not educated, where you don't have any experience yet. So everything's a little bit hard, but as you start to learn, it starts to round the edges. Yes, ma'am. Okay. And and then then as you start to get even better, you're able to be um, very clear in your communication and you're able to ask your horse to place its feet wherever you want them, whenever you want them, and they're there with you is that yes.
2: how you need them when you need them at the okay. time that you need them and and uh, your horse will not there won't be a struggle because it, it's a clear communication and 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 uh, you know you become uh, I don't want to sound, but it's you, you it's one right It's a partnership right It's a partnership and and yeah. horse in hand if if it's not built on trust, if it's not uh developed through the trust, and my horse it doesn't become my horse's idea to be with me see see what i'm going if 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 my horse is if i didn't take the time to develop the trust and i was unfair to my horse my horse is not going to want to be with me he's not going to want to be in my hand right he's going to want to go away from my hand right you know he's going to always want to flee me right away from me but on the other hand you know he's wherever my he's going to want to be with me because it's built on trust
0: right that's that's really good and i'm i i'm understanding what you're talking about and and also (laughs) the level of achievement that it takes to get to that place where you've developed yourself to a point where your horse does want to be with you does want to do the things that you're asking that's a that's a that's a lot of development
2: that is a lot of development, and it's yeah. a it's a journey. It's a lifetime journey. It's a way of living. It's a it's a it's a way of looking at life. It's a way of li- uh, feeling life. It's a way of feeling horsemanship. Yeah, it's so much. I say it could be so deep as we wanted to, as deep as we wanted to, and at the same time, you know, it's it's a very. It's not simple, but but if we develop the communication, the trust and our horse loves to be with us and it becomes their idea. It's a beautiful thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's great. So recently I saw a video of you riding and um, you were riding. I believe you were riding with the garrocha pole. The
2: garrocha yes man. Yeah, g- garrocha. Garrocha.
0: Garocha. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So is that something that you like enjoy teaching?
2: Yes, I do. I do it uh, it's something that uh, you know it's you know people are following it, people are enjoying it, people love it and I've been using it to uh help my students out and since they love to write to the music and and I love to write to music every you know when I'm home, my first thing I do is I put some calming music on before I, you know, go get my horse and, you know, all the time that I'm out there with my horse, I have music going. And, uh, you know, that's part of riding with a garrocha. It's like riding in a dressage court. It's a tool to help us develop ourselves. And uh, therefore, we can develop, uh, we can help our horse. Uh, right? And, and it, it's a great tool. It, um first of all, it takes the focus of the micromanaging
1: of the hands
2: okay but we have to have some um, found we have to have the foundation down to be able to understand that we are we start our writing two-handed so we can write basically uh, uh, with bridalists. -hmm. We still have the. We could still have the our bridle. You know, I don't want people to misunderstand this, but we start riding two-handed, so we're able to ride Mm one-handed. But there has to be a foundation through ground school, through basic uh, the basic riding foundation, so we could be able to ride one-handed later on in our development. Right, because the, the as we start with our halter on the ground, at that moment. We start developing self-carriage, little bits at a time,
1: mm-hmm. so
2: we can be able to go and 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 do things like the later on and write uh, ride with our garrocha pole mm-hmm. to a song that we like, and and mm-hmm. it can look artful, and you know it, it could we can create art. We yeah, each one of us feels things different, and that tool is so important because we take the the micromanaging of the tools that goes away because now they have to focus on the garrocha on one hand and being right. able to teach us balance yes it teaches us how much we neglect riding with our balance with our seat ah, okay with our balance right our balance is so important to develop straightness in our horse but we think it's the horses. Sometimes we think it's the horses' uh, obligation that they have to ride straight, Right. when we're not riding with balance. Right, and th- that's one of the main things: uh, balance, having fun with the tool, and not micromanaging. Yeah, with the, with our hands. That I do use a lot of the classical uh riding in in mm-hmm. my in my clinics mm-hmm. as we so, progress, and so, garrocha, it is considered one of the Doma Vaquera, um, and classical writing also. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Right. That's great. That's great. I just had a little image of you with the Gorocha pole with the music, and it's similar to the little boy with the, his mom's broom, uh, (laughs) dancing. (laughs) Now that
2: you mentioned that, I'm like, Oh, well, that's why, (laughs) that's why I like it. Yeah. You know, I've been always, uh, just amazed on 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 the people from not to disrespect when when I'm riding with the garrocha, and uh, when you have uh, you know people in in Spain and Portugal and and uh, you know doing some beautiful beautiful things, I mean uh, I I love that
1: yeah I love that yeah
2: That's <laughs> now that you mentioned, oh yeah I'm the little boy <laughs> with with that little uh, my mom's
1: broom yeah
0: yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's great. Um, so how can people like you're you're traveling and, and teaching? Um where where is home for you?
2: Las Cruces, New Mexico, well, La Mesa, New Mexico, which is within the Las Cruces area. Okay. Or El Paso area. Okay. And that's um, where I'm
0: at. But you're you're traveling right now, you're in Nevada. Um, you'll be heading home. So, if if people want to learn with you or learn more about you, how can they? How can they do that?
2: Uh, Facebook. That's okay. the only um, um, thing that I have right now. That's great. And also, um, YouTube. I have some YouTube videos which we're gonna hopefully start back up here soon.
0: Wonderful. So I'll make sure that those are um, available for people. I'll put a link in so that they can they can find you. Um, so I really appreciate you talking with me today. This has been really fun.
2: Thank you. Thank you so much.
0: So that wraps up my interview with Rodolfo, I hope you enjoyed it, Um, it was really interesting for me to go back and listen to it so many months after I recorded it, and I remember as I was talking to him how much of it resonated with me, the the part about horses grounding us and the breathing, and basically just making sure that we're addressing ourselves and, and improving ourselves before we can expect our horses to improve. And it's interesting how when you're in a certain place in your life, certain things will resonate with you. And then months later, after the journey that I've been on um, with my aunt and um, losing her, it's interesting how things resonate in a completely different way. And, um, And it just causes me to be grateful yet again that people like Rodolfo Rodolfo are willing to share their stories and the power of our stories. So I guess um, I just wanted to share that with you. And I know that you've probably had something similar in your own life where maybe you've read a book at a certain time and then a couple years go by and you read it again and it's like, oh my gosh, I didn't see this or uh, hear this the first time I read it. So um, just revisiting things I think is the message that I'd like to share and then just the power of our stories and that I think sometimes we think that our stories don't matter and they so do. Um, So I hope you get a chance to share a bit of your story in the days to come and I hope hearing Rodolfo's uh, helped you in some way. So thank you for listening. Thank you for being a part of this. I would love for you to, if you haven't already signed up for the newsletter to sign up for my newsletter. It goes out once a week and uh, shares information about like the podcasts and inspirational, motivational things as well. So there's a link in the notes to sign up for that. There's also a private Facebook group. uh, If you're interested in joining people from all over the world that are sharing about their horsemanship journeys, uh, we'd love to have you so there's also a link for that so uh, i hope you enjoyed this interview and uh, thank you for being here i hope you have a wonderful rest of your day